Welcome to Fitzarns Property Exchange, hosted by Pearl Skeltimer, designed to keep you informed and captivated about the South African residential property market. Subscribe to our channel today and enjoy conversations with some of the most influential, innovative, and interesting industry experts, stakeholders, and scheme executives as they render input in today's property market. Hi, good morning. It's Pearl Skeltema, the CEO of Fitzana Estates, and once again, welcome to our property exchange. Today, I'll be talking to Colin Strumpfer. He's a bond originator with a better bond in Western Cape, and he's been with the company for 17 years. He's also been in the banking industry for approximately 10 years. Welcome, Colin. How are you doing today? Thank you, Paul. Very well. Thank you very much, and thank you for all the time. Okay, so with this complex time ahead, it is essential to focus on what we what can be controlled. Um, we need to be kept informed um, and surround ourselves with a team of competent and knowledgeable experts who can guide and support us no matter where the market takes us. And this is where you come in. So what do you expect from the budget speech later this month? Yes, thank you, Paul. Um, yeah, I think we 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 obviously hope that it, it is all good uh, and good news, and that there's some um, things put in place for economic recovery. We hope that taxes and so forth, especially personal ones, are not touched. Um, with COVID obviously being around and quite a lot of people affected uh, in the work environment, we believe that that there won't be too many changes with that. Um, in terms of interest rates, we believe that they'll also be reasonably stable for the next 12 to 18 months. So hopefully not too many surprises, just maybe a bit of a build on from, um, from Mr. Zuma's speech in terms of what we're going to do to make the economy recover. Yeah, we need that, don't we? Okay. Historically, the low repo rates um, and favorable lending terms made it feasible for a long for um, long term tenants to enter the owner's market. Do you think that the um, lending rate will increase? And you said marginally. If you say marginally, you want to speculate on percentages. Yes, absolutely. So we believe that interest rates. Uh, for the next 12 months is probably going to stay around what we've got it now, prime being at 7%. Uh, and that could be extended possibly for 18 months. If there are any increases in the rate in that period, we believe there'll be small increments, as you mentioned, probably a quarter percent at a time. So 0.25 uh, up. Um, we believe it will go up, obviously. The economy has to recover somewhere along the line in the future, but but it's still a long, you know, a long way away as far as we can see. And to be, uh, you know, to not put everybody into financial strain, the, the rates will have to go up in small increments of a quarter percent at a time uh, unless something really dramatic happens in the, in the economy. Um, I think also from an economic point of view, so to stimulate the economy, government is going to have to keep the interest rates reasonably low in order for us to still spend the few of us that still have have got money and and can spend and then to you know obviously lessen the strain on the people who are struggling uh, through these times okay um 
I'd like to ask you, because this is not something I deal with on a daily basis, but um, the bond originating side, when someone applies for a loan, especially first-time buyers, um, here in Pretoria, I've seen that the banks are much more lenient in granting loans. Yeah, How do you I, I, find it in the Western Cape where you are situated? Yeah, I think countrywide we're seeing it. So, I mean, I'm in the Western Cape, and yes, we deal with the, the banks on a on a monthly basis here, um, but we also do nationally. So nationally, the banks are definitely still in the market to lend. So... You know, with low interest rate, it really is a good time to buy property at this point in time. We're seeing a massive uh, upturn in first-time buyers coming into the market, uh, some months up to as high as 70% of our business, which is a huge amount. Um, it used to be before yeah. COVID, we've below seen, 30, we've seen you know. that too. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah, absolutely. We've seen that too. And what, what actually surprised me most is that many of them have quite a substantial deposit available. Yeah, I think, there, I think there are a few people that have been saving. Shame I know of a client who's been saving um, 15,000 a month for years now. She's up to 900,000 for a deposit, um, which is which is amazing. But but obviously not everybody does that. Um, but it's good if you can and, and do, obviously. Any any deposit yeah. you can put down is going to, uh, you know, work favorably for you with the banks. It's going to um, help you with a better interest rate, et cetera, et cetera. So... Yeah, big, big, um, a big first-time uh, buyers market at the moment. Okay, you say first-time buyers. Um, do you also deal with investors that like, would like to enlarge their portfolio? Um, portfolio meaning they have many properties and they are renting those out. Do you get requests in that regard as well, or do you find that they are much more cautious? We do get them. Um, I think it depends on the on the portfolio. I suppose at this point in time, we we've got a lot of investors that are quite keen to continue uh, because interest rates are low to continue getting into the market and and adding to those. But then on the flip side, we've got maybe investors who have already got a large portfolio and and are maybe slightly more cautious at this point in time. So it's a bit of a mixture of the two. A lot mm -hmm. of um, current owners who are not investors who want to become investors. That's also uh, a trend that we're seeing. You know, people are seeing the value in property and with rates as where they are, you know, it's a good time again to buy if you can afford that that second property. Obviously, yeah. on the rental side, I think the, the percentage of rent is not necessarily going to always cover your bond in this case, although the... the the installment is much lower now due to interest rates. The the rentals are probably have to be a little bit lower than they were prior to lockdown or prior to COVID as well. The market has changed. Yeah, that's true. Okay, let's talk about affordability. What would your advice or recommendation be to a first-time buyer or even an investor that would apply for a bond? What are the factors they should look at? I think the the basics apply, uh, Paul. Uh, I think clients must look at their situation. What is it that they can actually spend on a property on a monthly basis? Get a pre-qualification. So get somebody to do a calculation for you to, can to I see what... You? Yes, can I interrupt you? Can I interrupt you, Colin? Won't you just please explain um, for the ones that don't know, what do you mean by pre-qualification? 
Yes. So, look, there's lots of calculators out in the world um, that you can put numbers into and, and it kicks out a number as to what you could potentially get from the banks in terms of a home loan. Mm-hmm. Um, origination companies do it slightly different. Uh, in, in most cases, they will collect some documents from you to try and get a slightly better picture of what the actual income is. We do get it that people put in the wrong amounts and the wrong expenses. So, you know, we go through almost an application process like you have bought a property. And then okay, we, so in other words, what you need to know from them is what their income is, what their expenditure monthly is, and then you do an assessment to say you can afford a, to buy a property of a million rand or 800,000 or whatever the case may be. Absolutely. And, okay. that's, and, and that's a figure. So, so you know, that's the estimate of what, what we suspect the bank would be able to give the client based on what we can see, based on income, based on expenses, and based on what the bank's lending um, criteria and appetite is. Okay. But there is a flip side to that for me. So, mm-hmm. so if I say to a client, you qualify for a million rand and the installment is going to be more or less 8,000 rand a month, um, the client needs to know, can I actually afford 8,000 rand a month? Yeah, and that's if I just what I wanted to get to. That's yeah. just what, so it's the bond payment, but what else do they need to consider? Absolutely. So there's rates and taxes. That's always going to be if you buy a freestanding home or sectional title. Um, in a sectional title, there are levies. Um, when you buy for the first time, you might not get the cost included in the home loan. So there's costs that you need to consider. Uh, where is that money going to come from if you haven't saved it? So it's all those little things. Um, you know, I always, uh, especially people who are renting and, and uh, you know, for slightly less than what they're going to buy for, maybe those first few months, bacon, bacon and toast is not a bad idea as a, as a breakfast, you know? Um, <laughs> So, but but you're at least living in your own property then. That's the that's the plus side, you know. So, um, but be careful. Budget correctly. Make sure that you can afford it. You don't want to get into a situation where three months down the line you can't afford the loan anymore because you've pushed yourself to the limit of of uh, affordability. Yeah. And any amount that you then also have um, additional. So if you can afford what you what you're purchasing. Any amount that you have additional, even if it's a hundred rand a month, push it into the bond to reduce that balance of that bond, and um, you know build up a little buffer for you for yourself uh, for the future. Maybe there is a a tough time ahead in the future, and you've built up a little bit of a buffer there that can then support you. Yeah, that's good advice because here in our industry, um, property management as such, managing sectional title and full title schemes. We receive the client at the end once the property has been transferred and they need to start paying. And then three months down the line, you're quite correct, they start battling because they can't continue. And in sectional title, um, you have all these unexpected things of a 10-year maintenance plan and a capital budget or additional contribution or special levies to be paid to up the reserve fund. Those are things that can come as quite a surprise. Um, so, yeah, we ex- we do experience exactly what you are now warning people to do. Yeah, I think it's just a case of, of do your homework, you know. Um, and and if you're going to apply for finance, please use an originator. You know, we, we, we find that about 50% of people still have in their minds to go to a 
to a bank, a bank direct. directly. Um, what, what, yeah. what is the advantages of making use of a bond originator? Well, we look this besides time. So time is a, is one of the big advantages because we we will apply it all of the banks for you in one go. So that okay. it's it's not rocket science. You can do this yourself if you have the the time and energy. You can go to four different banks and fill in four different application forms and get four different answers and then negotiate. We take all of that away with one application, one set of documents, and do all of that for you. So time is critical. Uh, now with COVID as well, even more so, we do it behind a computer. You email us the stuff, we talk to you on the phone. So that also saves you time in not having to get into a car and go see somebody. Um, is, there we, any cost, is there any cost for the buyer in obtaining services of a bond originator? No, no cost from us at all. So we receive our uh, cost or our commission or our payment from the banks Um and with okay, that, so this is basically for the for the client a free of charge service. Absolutely free. I know I know people don't believe me when I say that. They want to know what the catch is. Where where do I pay? There is absolutely free. There is no cost. And and the arrangements and agreements that we've got with the bank is that if you walk into the bank as a client or I go to the bank as the originator, the answer that's going to come out at the other side is exactly the same. That is okay. our service. Otherwise, it would be a pointless, pointless exercise. All so right. that's, the, that's the time factor. But we also okay. negotiate for a client. I mean, we get documents together, put it together, submit it to the various banks. But that's not, that's not our job. That's part of the job. That's almost the beginning of the job, I want to say. The middle part, the meaty part of the job is where we negotiate with a bank, arbitrate with a bank on, in terms of term, conditions, and then interest rate. So interest rate is always a thing that comes up first, but sometimes one bank's term is better than, than the next and the interest rate is less important for some clients. Um, and clients have got loyalty. They want to be with their bank and, and, and we will definitely go to that client's bank. And, and that's also part of our agreement. We will try and get you the best possible deal from your bank, but sometimes that is just not the deal that the client is going to accept. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, for example, the following scenario, um, I've got quite a good credit record, but for some reasons, maybe I could blame COVID or uh, the economic situation, but I haven't paid my cell phone bill or I'm behind on my EDGAS payment. Uh, would that influence my application? It can. So, it's a... Um, it's a bit of a trick question. Well, not really, but I mean, it can influence it. It depends on how bad it is. So if we're talking Edgar's, Truer's, cell phone account, whatever it might be, uh, and it's a month or two and you can you can kind of bring it up to date and settle it or, you know, we can work with that. It's so not it a... Can be, what I want to get at is it can be corrected. It can be corrected. It can be corrected. Uh, and even if it's not corrected, it may not have affected your credit score that badly that you won't get a loan, but perhaps mm-hmm. you don't get a hundred percent loan that you, that you uh, need, okay. you know, and that could also, that could also be the, the issue. But if we start talking financial things, you know, if you haven't paid a credit card or you haven't paid a motor vehicle for a good few months, that's going to be a bigger problem. And if you haven't paid a home loan, uh, an existing home loan, that's a major problem. Yeah. So. Course. All things that can be corrected, but sometimes correction is not just money, it's money and time because you now have to try and financially fix this and wait for a period of time to, you know, get your credit score a little bit improved. Okay. 
What I'd like to know, although this is not specifically your field of expertise, um, is what would your advice be to landlords, to investors that purchase this first or the second or third property to rent out? Uh, you said previously that they can't expect the rent income to cover the full bond payment. Um, what would your advice be to, to a client that, that looks into um, expanding their investment portfolio? Yeah, um, uh, yeah. As you say, not 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 our expertise on our side, but you know, just from a personal perspective as well, is for you know what is the going rate at the moment in terms of rental? Because I believe it will be less than than what it was prior to COVID, and purely okay, because so the first, first thing is they should look at rental, and if needs be, lower the rental than what they were used to receiving. I would, I would suggest that. I mean, as I said, our first-time buyers have gone from prior to COVID from, you know, below the 30% to the high 60s and almost 70% some months. So more than double the amount of people that we're renting are now buying. Yeah, um, sure. and, if the, and if those are our figures, then it will be our competitors' figures and probably the bank's figures as well. You know, it's a, um, it, it just always... Um, you know, as a reflection of what the market is doing. So if you've got a good tenant uh, at the moment, if you've got one already that's paying, then perhaps you don't want to increase by the 10 and 12%. Uh, if, if, if you need to, 6 to 8% maybe. I know of, of tenant, I know of landlords, apologies, that haven't increased at all. They've kept yes. it flat. Yes, um, we've, we've, we've experienced that as well. Yes. I even know one or two that have that have given people a reduction in the in the in the uh, rental just to keep the good tenant there because it is tough. Happened, that happened last year, but not so much this year. The yes, reduction so, in rental for yes. a, for a certain period. Yeah, so I think I think all of those uh, landlords that maybe kept it the same and had a bit of a deduction last year. This year they're going okay. I need some some sort of growth or some sort of increase here. Um, but I would still be sensitive to that. You know, we are we are not out of COVID. We are not out of probably seeing uh, a few more people or industries losing jobs uh, and having to let people go. So I think there are, or we believe there could still be some tough times ahead. And some of the banks have got that stance. Um, so if you've got a good tenant that's paying you, paying you on time, they still have their job, they're still able to contribute, then then keep them as, as much as you can. Um, I totally if, agree with that sentiment. And, of course, the maintenance factor as well. If a tenant is complaining about things that needs to be fixed, that should be attended as well. Yes, I agree. And, again, that for me is from a um, – not from a rental side, but from an asset side. It, yes. It's, it's your property. It's your building. It's your. I mean, if that tenant is not happy because you're not fixing things and move out, you're going to have to fix them anyway to get the next tenant in. So, right. Right. so, so keep that person happy and 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 get the money that you can, whatever that amount is. I mean, that's it. Really, is a personal thing from from landlord to tenant, um, uh, and and you know, from a tenant side, pay if you can, please pay because you know. Otherwise, you're going to force the landlord's hand as well, and we don't want that. You know, um, we are in the business of putting people into property and into homes, whatever that looks like, and and we don't want to see people on the street. Um, 
that's our business. That's what we're trying yeah. to achieve. Uh, from a from a new investor point of view, interest rates are low. So if you're not in the market and you want to get in and you can afford it, now is a good time. Um, I don't know if you wanted to touch Paul on on the buy to lets from the bank's uh, side. Um, Please do. Please yeah. tell us. This. So Please. In, in, in most cases, with most of the banks, you're going to have to qualify for that new property based on your current income. So whatever that is, your salary and maybe rental from a second and a third and a fourth property, um, mm-hmm. the banks are not uh, going to look at a future rental. In other words, wow. I'm going to buy this place because that happens frequently and, and the can deal looks you, good. Can I just ask you something? Yes. We have had that recently and I'm just thinking of that. Um, if um, he does provide um, uh, an existing lease agreement on the property he intends to buy, um, will that be accepted by the banks? In other words, he's buying from a current owner that's renting out the property. The tenant is going to stay, continue staying there, just paying to a new landlord. In, in some cases, yes. So not all of the banks are going to consider it. We've probably got one bank, uh, and that's that's if it's your third and more property. So it's not the first one that you're buying anymore, so they've got a track record of what uh, you are okay. doing. Um, right. They may ask for the existing landlord's bank statements to prove that that rental is going in there. So that's a bit, I know, a bit weird because now you're involving the seller in the buyer's transaction. Um, mm-hmm. But that's, again, for the bank just to just to make that assessment. Look, I mean, it's a, the bank's decision and people don't always understand. The bank is making a decision for the future in terms of stuff that's happened in the past. You know, yeah, so, so they're still playing a bit of a guessing game as to, as to what is going to happen going forward. Mm-hmm. Colin, that was so interesting talking to you and sharing our concerns and our optimisms of what we can expect. If people want to know more, uh, can they contact you? And if so, where? Yes, absolutely. They can contact me on my email address, which is colin.strumpfer at betterbond.co.za. Is that Colin Uh, with one L or two? It's it's C-O-L-I-N. Okay. Dot S-T-R- U-M-P-H-E-R at B-E-T-T-E-R B-O-N-D dot C-O dot Z-A and people are really welcome to phone me as well if they need to. I can give you my cell number which is 084 Um, Okay, Colin, thank you so much. And uh, listeners, I hope you found this informative and we will speak again soon. Colin, from your side, you want to say goodbye to the listeners? Yes, thank you, Paul. Thank you very much for the time. And listeners, I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, please contact me if there's any questions. And if you're not invested in property yet, try and get in there as soon as you can. This was Fitzsounds Property Exchange, hosted by Pearl Skeltimer. Not only do we keep you informed on the very latest in the property industry, we also empower by expanding your knowledge base. Make sure to visit www.fitzsounds.co.za to find out more. 
about sectional title scheme management, letting, sales and trustee training. Remember to subscribe to our channel and follow us on all our social platforms.